only way you can get clarity today is to learn Torah. Because when you have Das Torah, then you know exactly what Ratzon Hashem is. Wherever you get your podcasts from, or our own website, prismoftorah.com. This is The Prism of Torah with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. Shalom Avocha. As we are approaching the new cycle of the Parshis, this week's Parsha, Parshas Bereshis, I would like to share with you a concept that is so critical, so vital for us to live with. And also, it is very fitting for this very difficult situation Klal Yisrael is going through, especially the Yidens living over here in Nelsi Sod. Emil Tzeshem, I'll also share with you what Gdole Adol said about how we're supposed to look at the situation and how we're supposed to grow through this. And I'll share with you these Mishalim stories and also one or two stories I heard that are Milz Hashem will be Mechazikas. So we all know that HaKadosh Buchu created the world, seven days of Bereshis, and he tells Adam and Chava, there's one tree I do not want you to eat from. And that's Etzadas. Of course, we know Whatever their cheshman was, they performed the Avera, the sin of eating from Etzadas. HaKadosh Buchu then comes up to them and says, Hamina Etz, did you eat from the tree, from Etzadas that I commanded you not to eat from? And they suddenly got scared and they said, oh, we're embarrassed, we don't have clothing. And then they went to hide. And there's two questions that scream out over here. Adam Arishoin. Chazal tell us was on such a high level that the Midrash says he was able to see from one side of the world all the way to the other side of the world. And you want to tell me, and this is before he ate from Eitzadas, and you want to tell me that he was not able to realize that he was not clothed? His own surroundings he didn't realize? If you look at Rashi, it sounds like he's alluding to this and he somehow connects it to the idea of Yetzirah. And we'll try to, Milzeh Hashem, explain that idea on a, di- on, on a deeper level. The other basic question is, so as we mentioned, HaKadosh Baruch asks Adam and Chava, Hamina Etz, did you eat from the tree I command you not to eat from? And the Torah says, in the Gemara and Chulin, that in these words, also with the same letters, different, different pronunciation, it comes out the word Haman. And that is a hint that Haman is hinted to in the Torah. And the basic question, it's a very simple question that we need to answer, is what in the world does the fact that Adam and Chava ate from Eitz Hadas have to do with Haman? that the Torah decided to hint to the fact that Haman is in the Torah in this episode. What does it have to do with the fact that they ate from Eitzadans? To answer both of these questions, we have to understand what Chazal tell us numerous times. What is the big difference and what happened, which Rashi alludes to as well, when Adam ate from Eitzadans? What happened was that until that point, the evil inclination, Yetzirah, was something external to them something that was represented by the Nachash, the snake. But after they ate from Eitz Hadas, the Eitz became part of them, within them. What's the ramifications of that? Before they ate from Eitz Hadas, there was clarity what is right and what is wrong. What's Ratzon Hashem, HaKadosh Buchu's will, and what is not HaKadosh Buchu's will. But the second they ate from Eitz Hadas, that became very cloudy. And the Das, which is the knowledge of knowing what's right and wrong, became very cloudy. And that's what happened. By the way, open brackets. 
The only way you can get clarity today after Chet Adam Arishoy is to learn Torah because when you have Das Torah, then you know exactly what Ritzon Hashem is. That's exactly what Chazal tell us in the Gemara, that there is Yetzirah, Barakadosh Buhu gave us a remedy, Torah Tavlin. The Torah helps us decipher what is true Ritzon Hashem despite the cloudiness that we have because Chet Adam Arishon, the Yetzirah became part of us, so it's very cloudy. And a person that doesn't have that clarity then he sh- that's why it's so important. He makes a Rav and he asks the Rav. The Rav, more than having Das Torah in his mind, it's also not having other Shtuyot in your mind. So when you have a clarity of what the Torah's perspective of how to live life, then you're doing the right thing. Who represents this idea of having a cloudy vision, vision of not knowing what Ratzon Hashem is? It's Amalek. That's Haman. Haman comes, of course, is an offspring Descendants of Amalek. Amalek represents this. They work all the time to make everything cloudy and, and not allow us to have clarity. What is Ratzon Hashem? That your truth be told. Most times a person does a sin. It's not because he's outright chas v'shalom being rebelling against the Kaddish Baruch Hu, But he really has his vision blurred and he's not sure and he thinks maybe taka what I'm doing is Ratzon Hashem. And that is what Amalek is trying to do. He's trying to tell us, ah, don't have fear of Hashem. No iras elokim. They came all the way from so far to fight with Bnei Saul, even though they knew in a sense they're committing suicide, they're going to die. It doesn't matter. The fact that we came and we were able to fight Klal Yisrael, that's going to make everyone less observant, less fearful of a Kaddish Baruch that we know Chazal bring the famous mashal of a person that goes into a steaming bath and he knows he's going to get hurt and damage his skin and get burnt. But it doesn't matter. His main purpose of life is to cool down that water. So too Amalek, all he tried to do is cool down the hot water which represents Yiras Hashem, the Av HaKadosh Baruch the fear of HaKadosh Baruch the positive fear of HaKadosh Baruch And that's why it's very fitting that the whole idea of Haman is hinted in these words, Hamina Eitz. Did you eat from the tree which caused Yetzirah to be part of you and blurred your vision of what's right and wrong and what's Ritzon Hashem? And that is exactly what Amalek is trying to do. Ad Kedekach, it's so extreme that Chazal tell us that HaKadosh Baruch name and glory will only be back and rectified 100% to the way it was once Mashiach comes and all of the offspring of Amalek will be getting rid of, will be taken out. We said that Yetzir Horo, after Odom and Chava ate from the Eitzadas, the Yetzir became part of them. Now listen to this Mordekevot that I heard, B'Shem, my dear friend, Rav Lewin Shlita, who showed me, it's a vote by Rav Sorotskin Zetzal, that says the following idea. Harei, the question begged itself, what do you mean, Adam Rishon, who can see from one side of the world to the other, can't realize his own surroundings that he doesn't have clothes? Clothing? What happened? As Rashi says, he had so much knowledge. He was able to, Beruach Kodesh, know what the pro- appropriate name is for every animal. And he didn't know his own clothes, that he wasn't, that he needs clothing? The answer is, Moridik. It's, it's beautiful. The answer he brings down and he says, When there was clarity in the world before he ate from Eitzadas, it was clear to him that who are you? You are the Neshama. The Neshama. That's what, who you are. The body, that's just a clothing, a clothing for the Neshama. But once Yetzirah became part of us, and that is what our part of our body is because we have Taivas and it draws us to do physical things and whatever Taivas we have. So now, who are you? Well, you're a combination. 
you have physical drives and you have also have spiritual drives. So it's no longer correct to say that you are the neshama and the body is just the clothing. Everything is you. Mimele, right now there was a major change in the world that Adam now became not clothed because by definition his own body became part of him. And it wasn't just his neshama and his body is a mere clothing to the neshama. His new identity, his new self was a combination of his physical body together with his neshama. Mimele, only at this point, he realized, wow, I'm totally naked. I'm, I don't have clothing. And therefore, he was embarrassed and he wanted to get clothing. The point I want to stress over here is that as we go through life, we know there's many optical illusions. And that's the Yitzhahol. And that's what happened after Chet Adam Avishoyin. And the clarity that Hashem's running the show, perhaps, sometimes, gets very blurry. And it's imperative that we keep it in our minds that there is only one, only HaKadosh Buhu that's running the show. And now we turn to the current very sad events taking place in Israel. Last night he spoke for 10 minutes and I heard this, what he had to say. I think it's very important to share with you the main ideas he said. His name is Av Yaakobson, Avichil Yaakobson, and he said, Shlita, and he said the following. He said, first of all, what, what can I share with you? Not much, but I could say the following. Number one, no one should be blaming themselves. This happened because we're not good, because this. No one should look at things like that. And he said, everything I'm about to tell you in the next couple of minutes is nothing of my own. It's all things that I put together and compiled from previous generations, from people like the Stipler, the Chafetz Chaim, I got all this from them and I want to share it with you. When the Milchemet Sheshet Ayamim, the Six-Day War, Yom Kippur War, all this during those times, this is what they said and we should apply the same to our situation today, as extreme as it is. So first of all, he said, don't blame yourself. Second of all, he says, it's not even true that you should associate it, that it happened because of this, it happened because of that. Hashem's angry at us. Chas v'shalom, he said, the stipler was very, very extreme and upset at people that spoke like that. He said, the way to look at things, that's what happened and it needed to happen. And we don't know why, but we trust HaKadosh Bochu that it's part of a bigger plan. So aside from working on this idea of bitachon b'ashem, what did the gdoilim say in previous generations to take upon yourself? And he said it was all the gdoilim. Also the admorim and the chasir shevelt and also in the litaim everywhere. And he said, first of all, what helps you come to the realization that Akash Buch who's running the world is to do what we know, the mea brachos a day. It keeps you on your toes to realize Hashem is running the world. And he says, all they told me is to take one bracha, one bracha a day, preferably in the morning as you wake up and have proper kavana. So he gave an example. What's proper kavana? So let's say you say one of Birkos HaShachar, which means I know HaKadosh Buhu, you, the master of all the world, and you always have to think of that idea in the context of what you're about to say, which is, let's say, you're opening my eyes and let me, letting me have sight. So you should think, lulay this. If you didn't give me this, I would totally be blind. And it's only thanks to you, Hashem, that I can see. That is the type of thinking a person should have during every bracha. And you can apply it to every bracha. Just take one bracha a day. Adka number one. Number two, he says this, three pirkei tehilim, we were always said, told to say during this time, and that is Tzadi Aleph, Kuf Mem Base, and Kuf Lamed. Those are the three, and then it's very important to end off with what we say when we, uh, Ashkenazim at least, when we 
put the Torah back after all the Yiratzoins. We say, Achenu, Kol Beis Yisrael, etc., etc. And, and one should add even, Ubipat, and specifically the ones in Eretz HaKodesh who are going through this very extreme period. And therefore, we show HaKadosh Buch how much we care. And the last point he said I thought was very interesting, and that is, and that is, he said, that when a father sees one son helping out the other son, it gives him a very good schmuck feeling. When it's the oldest son, who it's obvious he's responsible for the younger siblings, then okay, it's also a good feeling, but it's not as geschmack. When is it extreme geschmack? When you have a regular son, not the oldest, taking care of another brother. Because over there, it's not really his responsibility, but he's going the whole nine yards to help his brother. So too, he said this vote by the Tzachafetz Chaim, a person that gives a bracha to another yid with a full heart, that is giving HaKadosh Baruch the best feeling. Look, my sons, look, look how they take care of one another. And therefore he said, it's very important that every day you go to someone you actually care for with a full heart and give him a bracha. It doesn't matter who it is, a neighbor or someone out there that you know. And he said that the Chafetz Chaim says the vote is like this. It says, Al kala which literally means you shouldn't, you shouldn't not recognize a blessing, even from a very simple yid. It has a lot of otzma, a lot of powers, and it can has, have a major effect. So usually the way we look at it is, if someone simple, simple yid gave us a bracha, not a big rav, not a big admo, then we're like, we should take it seriously because it could have a good positive effect on us. He says it's more than that. It's also talking about yourself. You're a simple yid. Don't make light of your bracha. Your bracha is a very powerful tool HaKadosh Buhu gave you. Use it to bless other people. And there was a story he said that the, someone came up to the Chafetz Chaim for a very specific bracha. And the Chafetz Chaim said, no, don't come to me. Instead, go to the mikveh. And the first person that you see that comes out that you, that you think actually cares about you, ask him for a bracha. And the question is, why did the Chafetz Chaim give him a bracha? So he said, Av Yaakovson said, it's usually what people say is because the Chafetz Chaim was such a modest person. For sure he gave the bracha, but he wanted him to think, okay, I'm just, who am I? I'm just the Chafetz Chaim, I'm not. But he said, I don't think that was the reason. I think the reason is what we're saying now. There is some, from a certain perspective, a simple Yid's bracha is worth more because it's something that a big person has responsibility for Klal Yisrael can't do because obviously it's his job to give brachas to everyone. But a person that it's not really his job and he's still going out the whole nine yards to give a blessing to another Yid with a full heart, that is going to make a major effect and shower us, trigger more rachamim from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Emir Hashem, all these things together will have effect and all this will come to an end and the Malchus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu will prevail and will be evident in Klal I do want to add one last thing, but I just want to add my two cents over here of what I see. There's an a crazy sense of achdus over here. I know so many people right over here in Beit Shemesh that drove to the areas where the soldiers are to give them everything they need, to give them food, to give them extra medicines, to give them creams, to give them neck warmers. And so many people around the world and also here in El Tisrael gave funds as much as was needed. And I think it's an amazing thing. And I'm sure that there's a lot of nachas takadosh from these acts, just like we spoke about a second ago. And the fact that all the soldiers are begging, the number one thing they're all requesting for, religious, not religious, traditional, is tzitzis. Because they understand that the mitzvah of tzitzis protects us. You know, some of all of us will realize that also. Tzitzis, even though right now it's really a mitzvah de Rabbanon, because how often does a person really wear a four-cornered garment? But at the end of the day, Chazal tell us 
amazing things about the tzitzis and how the Shekhinah is with you and dwells upon you when you have it. And we'll end with what the Grah said before he passed away, he started crying because he knew he was about to pass away. And his Talmudim asked him, well, Remy, why are you crying? You're going straight direct to, to Gan Eden. To, 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 it's going to be amazing for you. And he said, why am I crying? This is it. I'm never going to have an opportunity to do a mitzvah again. Look at me. I'm lying here doing nothing. I have tzitzis on me. Every second I have tzitzis on, I'm getting a mitzvah. And I'm just going to have to say goodbye to all this. We live life with this vision of what Maisin Toivi mitzvah, tefillah, caring for another yid. And if we make this change of mind, the gul will come. Bimheira v'yameinu. Amen. This concludes another episode of the Prism of Torah. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something valuable. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast and give a five-star rating. You can also find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts or our own website, prismofterror.com, where we have a full archive of all our past episodes. We would like to thank Yona Vefa for the recording equipment and Ellie Podcast Productions for handling all our post-podcast productions. Join us next week for another lightning conversation on the Prism of Terror.